0: Good afternoon and welcome back to another episode of After the Final Whistle. I know, it has been a minute. I've been sick. I've been feeling like absolute garbage. So I decided to try to fix the the sickness when the medicine doesn't help by recording a podcast. So we're back here with another episode today. We're going to look at the transfer fiasco that's happening in the world of soccer right now. I mean, oh my god, this is not even being dramatic like I'm not going to pull a bachelor or bachelorette and say this is the most dramatic transfer window ever because it actually is the most dramatic transfer window ever I mean day after day we're getting notices that this person's on the block Ronaldo's on the chopping block Messi's on the chopping block it literally never ends my Twitter is constantly refreshing so we're going to look at that then we're going to go to the breaking news if you follow the French League um and what UEFA has done with their power rankings, and how that affects Messi and his new team, Sergio Ramos, Jorginho Wijnaldum. And then we're going to end with the UEFA Champions League, the draws tomorrow. I'm going to give you my thoughts on potential po- um, pots, potential teams, and potential matchups that we could see in the first round after the final three qualifiers happen today. So today I was looking at Twitter, and yesterday, a couple days ago, and I just keep Refreshing Fabrizio Romano's page if you know who that is he basically breaks every single transfer that you know The world of soccer sees and I I keep refreshing this guy because For some reason I felt like he was gonna tweet something out lo and behold like 10 minutes after I start refreshing this guy I see Mbappe wants out of PSG. I Mean you have to understand when I hear something like that or read something like that my mind is like whoa I mean, come on, Mbappe wants out of PSG, Lionel Messi just comes in and now Mbappe doesn't want to play with Neymar and Messi, please. I didn't believe it. So I clicked on it, you know, I'm reading it, Um, and Romano says that Real offered 160 million euros for uh, Kylian Mbappe. 160 million euros that they're offering for this striker who's leaving next year. And you know what PSG said? Can you guess what PSG said? They said they don't want him to leave, regardless of the money offered. Now, I can tell you right now, that's complete false. That's completely false. Um, I'm pretty sure that if they offered a billion dollars for Mbappe, Mbappe would be leaving. But the fact that PSG wants to hold on to this guy so badly, even after Mbappe himself says, I don't want to be here anymore. Maybe he wants to go to Real and start something new. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to play under the shadow of Neymar and Messi. That could be it as well. But the fact that this guy wants to leave, PSG saying that he's going to stay regardless of what happens, saying that Mbappe said he wouldn't go for free. Okay, he said he wouldn't go for free. You're getting 160 million euros offered to you right now for him. He's going to leave free next summer. What are you doing? Let him go. You already can't play Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, Di Maria in the same lineup. Unless you want to go to a three-five two, which then you're leaving out Hakimi, the new right back you just signed from Inter Milan. I mean, the firepower that this team has, they need someone they don't need someone to go, but it's a good time for Mbappe to leave anyway. Mbappe doesn't want to leave, so I keep refreshing Romano's page, right? A couple hours later, I see Ronaldo wants to leave Juventus. Now, I drop my phone. Okay, I just got a new iPhone eleven I dropped my phone. I could not believe what I was reading. It felt like every single striker in Europe wants to leave their club. And so apparently he wants to leave Juve. He, he says he only, he'll only he only go to a Prem club that is competing in the Champions League. That leaves you four, four choices. Man City, Man U, Chelsea, Liverpool. And Man City is the one that he wants to go to, okay? So he says he wants to go there. Juventus says, all right, Man City... We're asking for 30 million euros for him. 30 million euros for the second best player of all time. Behind Messi, of course. But 30 million euros. And you know what Man City says? No, we won't pay it. We will not pay the 30 million euros. I mean, are you kidding me? Here you are trying to get Harry Kane for three months or four months or an eternity, however long it feels like this guy's been trying to leave. He hasn't even played in the first two games. Hasn't come to practice until this week. Because you're trying to give 150 million euros to Tottenham. For Harry Kane, when you can go out and buy Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus for 30 million euros. I mean, come on. It doesn't make sense in my head. It just doesn't. I have no idea what they are thinking at Manchester City. But Ronaldo apparently is staying now. And, you know, okay, so maybe they don't get Ronaldo. Maybe Man City wants to get Harry Kane. Nope. Spurs won't let him leave. Daniel Levy doesn't want to let him leave. 150 million euros they're offering they don't want it they don't want Gabriel Jesus they don't want Imeric Laporte two players that have been offered by Manchester City nope we want to keep Harry Kane so today Harry Kane announces that he's going to be staying that he will be 100% committed to Tottenham and their vision for the rest of the season last but not least another striker apparently and I'm not sure how big or how confirmed this is. This is a rumor that I saw on multiple Twitter accounts, on multiple news outlets. It hasn't been confirmed by Romano, who's kind of the god in terms of transfer transfer rumors, transfer confirmations. Apparently, Robert Lewandowski's agent, Penny Zahavi, he is not an Israeli agent. He's based out of Tel Aviv. He represents a couple other players. Um, Pierre-Emil Hoyberg from Tottenham is one that I can remember. Apparently, Zahavi met with PSG and offered up Loa. I mean, this is like, it's like musical chairs with strikers at this point. It's like, duck, duck, goose, who do you want? You want Loa? Okay, you want Mbappe to leave? Here's Loa. Loa's not going to leave, okay? 41 goals last season in the Bundesliga, 5 in the Champions League. He won the Bundesliga by 13 points. They lost on away goals to PSG in the quarterfinals. A very successful season. And this Bayern team is very, very, very strong. Kingsley Coman, Thomas Müller, Manuel Neuer, I mean, they are stacked. He's not going to leave. But what Zahavi's doing here is trying to generate the money. He's trying to generate the interest that players like Messi has garnered. I mean, Messi made over 120 million euros for PSG in the first couple days from jersey sales. Lewa's not going to make that. But if he can generate a transfer fee, you know who gets rich? Zahavi. Zahavi makes a lot of money. So, the big loser in this whole situation is one team. It's not Juventus, Ronaldo's staying. It's not PSG, they just signed Lionel Messi. It's not Bayern, Lois staying. Tottenham's got a fully committed Harry Kane. You know who's losing right now? Manchester City. And Pep Guardiola, I don't know how much of an input this guy has. I mean, I love Pep. When he was the coach at Barcelona, I love his philosophy. Um, Manchester City was very good last season. They won the Premier League. This is a team. Last year, they averaged 2.18 goals per game and 15.76 shots per game last season. 15.76. That's a shot every six minutes. You know what they've done in the first two games of the Premier League this year? First matchup was against Tottenham. They lost 1 0. Hyung Men's son scored a goal. You know who they put up top? Ferran Torres. Under 21. I think he's 20 20 or 21. They stick him up top. This is a guy that's predominantly played on the right wing. He has two shots, one on target that goes straight to the goalie and one off target, and he has 27 touches in 90 minutes. Your striker is touching the ball every three minutes. When that is happening, you have an issue, okay? And then you're losing to a Tottenham team that doesn't even have Harry Kane up front. So they go, and their next game, the game that they just played a couple days ago, they played Norwich i mean norwich is an absolute abomination in the last 10 years that's the team that's bounced up and down between the premier league and the championship the most seven times they've either been promoted or relegated so far norwich has lost they lost their first game they ended up losing to manchester city they've conceded eight goals this time pep says you know what let's play gabriel jesus up top after bringing him on in the 70th minute against tottenham you know what happens one shot on target, for off target, pardon, for Gabriel Jesus. One shot off target from your striker. 86 touches. So this guy's playing as a false nine, right? He's letting people build off of him, but he's not getting those touches in the final third. He's not getting those shots across. Yes, he had two assists, but what you want in your striker is goals. Jack Grealish scored before Manchester City's striker. I know they just let go of Aguero. He wasn't even playing that much at the end of the season. But Gabriel Jesus is not giving—he he doesn't have Pep's con. I don't know if he doesn't have Pep's confidence. I don't know what he's showing in practice. But Manchester City now has had the option to sign Ronaldo for 30 million euros. Okay, and yes, the deal may be more complicated. That's apparently the rumor is that it's more complicated than just 30 million euros. I don't care what you have to do to sign Cristiano Ronaldo. You sign Cristiano Ronaldo. Especially when you're playing against a Tottenham team that doesn't have Harry Kane and you're losing 1-0. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's really not. You need a striker. You go to the market. Who's available? And available. Okay, PSG doesn't want him to leave. Lewa's available, kind of. Okay, Bayern doesn't want him to leave. Harry Kane's not available anymore after trying to spend 150 million euros on him. You just spent 100 million on Jack Grealish. Why don't you go to to the? Why don't you go to Italy? Why don't you go to Juventus and say, hey, Ronaldo, do you want to come play for us? Yes, of course he's going to want to come play for you. So Manchester City is the big, big loser in this situation. I mean, this is a transfer fiasco, a transfer mess. I don't even know what to call it anymore. There's a couple more days until the window closes, at least in the Premier League. So we'll see if Manchester City tries to push a couple more moves out. There are some other lower profile moves. Chelsea's trying to ship out Kurt Zuma. They want to sign Jules Koundé from Sevilla. West Ham, my team, wants Zuma. We'll see if that happens. Um, so we'll see. There's a couple more days in the transfer window. We'll see. I'll be refreshing Fabrizio Romanos. I mean, this is basically just a shout-out for him at this point, but go to Romanos' Twitter. Just keep looking at that. I mean, this guy tweets at least 150 times a day. When this guy's on the toilet, he's tweeting. So just keep keep looking at him. If there's any updates, he'll keep you updated. Moving on, we have the other big news. And I saw it on Instagram, and I was like, okay, you know, this isn't that big of a deal. But the UEFA Power Rankings came out. And this ranking system is, it's like, a, it's not a sham. It's just a mess. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. I mean, every year, so it's a cumulative performance over the last five years. They assign points to each league, all the leagues in Europe, by their wins and placement in continental Continental tournaments, so the Champions League, the Europa League, the new Europa Conference League, which Tottenham lost their first game in, by the way. This is a Europa Conference League. So if you like Tottenham, tune into their Europa Conference League games if you want to be disappointed. Anyway, going back to the power rankings, it's they assign points, and then they add up the points, and they give each team, each team, pardon, each league has a total. And they, of course it'll change once the Champions League starts on September 14th and 15th and the Europa League and the Europa Conference League starts. But as of today, after the final three qualifier games for the Champions League concluded, the power rankings are now as follows. Premier League, number one. No surprise there. They have seven teams in the three tournaments. La Liga, number two. Serie A, number three. Bundesliga, number four. Not League 1 number 5. No. The French League has dropped. They are not in the top 5 anymore. It is now the Portuguese League. Porto, Benfica, Braga. That league is now technically, according to UEFA's, whoever made this up, whoever made these rankings up, their calculations, the league, the Portuguese League, the Liga Portugal, is now higher than the League 1. So, you now have a team that has... Lionel Messi, Sergio Ramos, Jorginho Wijnaldum, Atraf Hakimi, Danilo Pereira, Donnarumma, Mbappe, Neymar, Ferrati Marquinhos, Di Maria, Kimpembe, Kurzawa. Th- they're not even playing in the top five leagues anymore. I mean, can you imagine? I know it's not going to impact anything, right? They're still in the Champions League. They'll still get placed in a, in a pot in a group tomorrow. But can you imagine the look on Messi's face When he pulls up his Instagram, his 100 million followers or whatever he has, and he hears that he's now playing in a top-six league, he's not in a top-five league anymore. He was in the second-best league. Now he's in the sixth-best league. So just a little bit of fun there. I mean, the rankings, honestly, they don't mean a thing, and they're they're a complete joke at the end of the day. But it's kind of interesting how people have assigned the nickname of the Farmers League to the League One now. This mathematical calculation, whatever you want to call this, the power rankings, the correlation coefficient, has now proved in a way that the League One is truly a farmer's league. So last but not least, and something that I was most excited for, I didn't even realize that the draw was coming up this soon. Um, I saw that the three qualifiers were today, the three final qualifiers, and so there were three games today. The teams the three teams that won, it was ahead and it was a home and away, so this was the second leg of the matchup. Those three winners would advance and become the final three teams to round out the thirty two for the Champions League. So RB Salzburg was one of the winners there from Austria. Shakhtar Donetsk played AS Monaco. And if you didn't know, the away goals rule that has been criticized, loved, it it's been abolished essentially for this for this season and going forward. So, if a game previously, let's say Barcelona was playing Manchester City, right? If the first game was at the Camp Nou and Barca they tied 1-1. Man City has one away goal. Then they go to the Etihad and they tie 2-2. Barca has two away goals, they would win. That's how it used to be. Starting from this season on, it's now just 3-3 aggregate and they would play extra time. So that's what happened today. Shakhtar played against Monaco, and Monaco would have actually advanced on away goals if that rule was still in effect, but it wasn't, so the game went to extra time, and Shakhtar ended up winning, so they're back in it, the Ukrainian team, and something that I thought was very, very interesting, Moldova, the country, the poorest country in Europe, now has a team that will be competing potentially against Barcelona, Bayern Munich, PSG, Manchester City, I mean, they're gonna get rocked, let's be completely honest, they're gonna get absolutely destroyed, but can you imagine the, the reaction for, for these players who live in such a small country and the fans of this team, of this? you're going to get to see your players potentially play against Lionel Messi, against Lewandowski, against Ronaldo. I mean, that's, a, that's one of the best feelings in the world. The team's called SC Sharif, spelled sheriff, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Sharif. And they'll earn $19 million in guaranteed prize money. They haven't won that before in a single season. They're not going to earn that just simply for playing at minimum six games. Yes, they might get destroyed, but three of their games will be in Moldova. So hopefully we'll see some home fans. Um, I'm expecting, you know, these smaller clubs, these smaller countries, their fans are always the most energetic. So I'm excited to see what that atmosphere looks like. And then pot two this year in the, the draw, the way it's organized is pot one is the league winners. Pot two is mostly the league runner up and then pot three and pot four, are just the remaining 16 teams. Taught to, if I can remember correctly, is teams like Barcelona, Juventus, PSG, because they didn't win their league. So, three groups that could happen tomorrow, and they could all happen simultaneously. They could all happen like this. These could be three of the eight groups. It's not like these groups are mutually exclusive. One group, Bayern, PSG, Ajax, AC, Milan. Second group, Atletico Madrid. Juventus, RB Leipzig, Besiktas, Group 3, Manchester City, Barcelona, Atalanta, Wolfsburg. I mean, the the possibilities that we could see this year are remarkable. And, you know, people will make the argument that the balls are hot, the balls are cold, whatever, that it's predetermined. I don't know. I, I've thought it before. The, the draw sometimes is a little fishy. Um... But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I'm very excited to see what what teams are drawn into which group. I'm excited to see what ex-players they have pulling the balls um, to put in the groups. And teams cannot be in the same group as someone from their own domestic league. So we won't see Barca and Atletico in the same group. We won't see Manchester City and Manchester United in the same group. So you'll see four different leagues represented, essentially. So you know I'm I'm very very excited very very excited and I'll try to have an episode breaking down each of the eight groups and what those matchups could look like. But what can I say? Um, I mean the transfer. Let's let's just keep looking at the transfer window. I think that's the big highlight from today. Is what does Fabrizio Romano want to want to say about the transfer window? Because Mbappe, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Harry Kane, Messi all leaving, all potentially rumored to leave in the same transfer window. It is the most dramatic transfer window that I have ever seen. And I just want to give one quick shout-out. My team of the week are my boys, my London boys, the West Ham United Irons. West Ham is now top of the table in the Premier League. Yes, thank you. Congratulations, West Ham. Six points. They're ahead of Chelsea on goals scored. They have eight goals scored, same goal differential, but Chelsea's only scored five. Mikael Antonio is now the club's top Premier League goal scorer of all time with 49 goals. This guy used to be a right back. Now he's a striker, West Ham's top goal scorer. Saeed Ben-Rama scores again, gets on the score sheet. But Antonio takes over Paolo Di Canillo's spot. I mean, Antonio scored a goal with his studs. He chipped the ball. He got a ball played into him, chipped it over the defender with his first touch. Studs passed the goalie, had a nice turn before that scores first. He had two and an assist, I mean, he's class. And, uh, yes, there might be a little bit of bias. It might be a little bit of favoritism, but could we see West Ham winning the Premier League? They're already in the Europa League. Can you imagine West Ham in the Champions League? I think they could win. Probably not, but you know they have a chance. Declan Rice is amazing. Uh, If you haven't been following him, he did wonders for Europe in the Euros, So if you're looking for a team to support in the Premier League and don't want to be one of the bandwagons, shout-out to West Ham. Um, I can hook you up with a uh, Manuel Lanzini jersey. He was on the bench, but, you know, I I love my Argentina boys, so hopefully Lanzini sees the field. Anyway, that's going to be it. And, again, as I said, I'll try to have that Champions League draw evaluation, analysis, whatever you want to call it, out as soon as possible i'm also working on a jingle like a, a little intro music so if you have any ideas let me know that's going to be it that's all i have i'll see you next time after the final whistle